This episode of the Policy Viz podcast is brought to you by BlendJet. I've had my BlendJet blender for about a month now, and I love it. Instead of grabbing a bag of chips or a cookie or a brownie or whatever's left over on the counter, I really quickly, really easily blend up a little smoothie in the afternoon, gives me that little afternoon perk that I need, filling me up to get me through the end of the day. The BlendJet 2 is a portable blender, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It is small enough to fit in a cup holder, but it's powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease, and it is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. The BlendJet 2 lasts for more than 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. And best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. You just put in some water, a drop of soap, and you are good to go. So what are you waiting for? Head over to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use my promo code, that's PolicyViz12, PolicyViz12, to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. So blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code POLICYVIZ12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Welcome back to the Policy Viz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. On this week's episode of the show, I am excited to have Tristan Guinova, that's my worst French accent, by the way, join me on this episode of the show. Tristan is now a freelance data visualization designer, consultant, and he does a lot of his work in Tableau, and he's created some amazing Tableau add-ons, you might call them. He has a free open source site where you can go drop your data in and it will create Tableau templates for some more bespoke data visualizations like B-Swarm charts, core diagrams, Sankey diagrams, those sorts of charts that can be more difficult for us to create on our own. And he's created this great tool where you can just drop in your data, download a Tableau file, open it up, and you're on your way. So I wanted to talk to Tristan about his work, about his journey, to becoming a freelancer and what he has planned in store for this tool that he's created and open it up to the community. So we're going to get right to it. Here's this week's episode of the podcast with Tristan Guillaume. Hi, Tristan. Welcome to the show. Good to see you. Hello. Good to see you too. I'm, I'm really glad we got to finally do this. I've been rescheduling on you like a million times, <laughs> but I yeah, finally got you. <laughs> and I know scheduling can be difficult, no worries. <laughs> yeah, we are, but we, we, we got it. And I caught you now, so you're in Mexico for a little bit. I am in Mexico for a while, yes. Okay, great. So for folks who, who don't know, Tristan has this new fantastic, well, does lots of great work in general, but the reason that I, I wanted to chat specifically because you have these new... I would say several tools, they're all within the same sort of ecosystem, but several tools that help people create different, more advanced, more bespoke visualizations in Tableau with like just a couple of clicks, which is pretty amazing. I want to get there in a little bit, but I want to start by talking about your personal journey over the last few years, because like right towards the beginning of the pandemic, right, you like started your own company, became a freelancer, 
move countries, like didn't just move down the block. So you started this whole thing. So yeah, so I'm just curious, like, what were you doing? What are you doing now? And what was that transition and, and change like for you? Yes. Okay. So I think the, the best to answer that is to really start, let's say, from the beginning. Like okay. when I when I finished like school, I was um, like uh, always wanted to be kind of independent in some right. way. It's something no one in my family has done. My family are like pure worker, like uh, in the yep. factory. And, and yep. they, they, they don't know anything about starting a business or something. And me neither. But mm-hmm. I just like the, the fact of being independent, right? To mm-hmm. not necessarily have a boss and to not to have the freedom of working with who you want, where you want. So if right now I can be in Mexico, is exactly that, right? It's the right. freedom to choose. And... But yeah, I, I had no idea how to start that. And I also had no experience. So I started working in a consulting company for two mm-hmm. and a half years, just working with different clients, learning Tableau, getting better at, at data visualization with Tableau. Um, then for two and a half years, I, I worked with like a startup in France. Mm-hmm. So smaller team, but this time not as a consultant, really part of part a of the team, team working on a product. That's where I learned uh, mostly the, the coding aspect, GitHub working in a project with multiple people, with not, not just like a consulting that goes from client to client, right? Yeah. And then COVID happened. So that was like five years after I started. COVID happened and it was a bit of that weird timing because I was also kind of finishing my project with that startup. Mm-hmm. What what we planned to, to, to build, what we wanted to build was built, was done, Mm -hmm. was almost finished. And we were like wondering, okay, what to do next? And since there was also COVID, no one knew really what to do, how it was going to change and and the impact. So I asked my my company and I have to thank them to allow me to do that is, um, I said, well, I would like to start being kind of independent freelance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you allow me to start working part-time? So part-time freelance. And they say, yeah, yeah. okay, for, for us is even good because we, we actually don't really know what to, yeah. to, to do right now. So you will work um, three days with us and two days as a freelance. And I started to do that for seven months. Mm-hmm. And after seven months, um, I choose definitely that, that pass. And yeah, there yeah. was not necessarily something next really interesting for me to do. And actually the the entire team that I was working with in that startup, they also all left. So it was mm-hmm. kind of the end and it was a, a, a good transition. Yeah, I have to say great. it's also, um, it was also a time where companies started to accept fully remote working. Yeah. So the, the place that I was living was not necessarily being that, that important compared to one or two years before. Right. So I could work with clients in different parts of France or in different parts of, of the world while being in, in France. And yeah, right. that, that, that's how it, it started. So it was not like, a, yeah, I quit everything from one yeah. day to the other to go that way. It was like a bit of the, um, the lucky to be at the right. It was, it was aligning, right? It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my work let me do it. And, and it right. was a, yeah. a good moment to start. Yes. Yeah. It's great that they let you sort of downshift a little bit for them and everybody. And it all seemed to work out. So then, so now we're sort of where like the end of 2020 or so and yes. you're, yeah, you're yeah. full-time freelancing, but you're living in France. So then exactly. you said, I'm going to try a different country. Um, I, it's always something I wanted. Yeah. It's always something I wanted. I moved to the Netherlands mostly for like 
personal reason, yeah. but because uh, like I, I really want it. But it was our first step into a new country. Right. But uh, yeah, right now we are also, um, yeah, uh, figure out which which country will be next because we, we are not necessarily, right. um, I will not say not attached because we like the Netherlands, but it's like yeah. also want it, like having that, that will to see something else. Yeah. And not necessarily as um, as digital nomad that don't live in a place, but just go from, I don't necessarily like that aspect, but more yeah. like, um, let's see in which place we really feel like like living. Right, uh, right. And and those things can change through your life, right? Maybe at, yeah. at some point in your life, you, you like something and 10 years later, you, you like something else. 100%, yeah. And, and I like the, the freedom to be able to do this. Yeah. More or less. So so tell us as much as you can about the the freelancing work that you're doing. Like who I mean, you don't have to obviously reveal names or, or specifics, but like no, no, no problem. what yeah, what is the kind of work that you're doing and, and maybe even more to the point, like what is the stuff what is the work that really gets you excited? I'm sure just like working in an office, there's some of the freelance work that you're kinda of like, ah, okay, and some of the stuff really like gets you excited. So what now that you're sort of in it, you've been doing it now for what about two years, two, years? two and a half years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are the different sorts of projects that you're working on? Mm, so, first is more like what I don't want to do. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that that is easier, and it's on yeah. my website. I don't have a full time client. I don't want to to spend five days a week for a client because I think that is just uh, going kind of back. Yeah, as going back. Yeah. Being a an employee to in a place. Sure. So, I have. Two currently, currently two main clients, and I'm just helping them with Tableau stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like they want new dashboards. They have problematics of performance. Of they don't know how to do certain things. So I'm I'm helping those two clients to be better at yeah. Tableau, develop dashboard, and and yeah, just and, and that is kind of like a, um, I don't know if you have that. That, that saying in English, that red thread. So it's like those two clients that I've been working for the past two years and and we have this, this relation of we trust each other yeah. and, and I don't have a specific amount of day and, not, and neither are specific days in the week. They right. just ask me to do things, I do them, and then we have this ongoing... This ongoing relationship, yeah. So so those, these are my, like, uh, my stable income, if you want. Mm-hmm. Um and then apart from that, from time to time, I have like new people reaching out and be like, oh, I would like you to help you redesign our dashboards because we have mm-hmm. some some things and we don't necessarily like how it looks. And we have seen what you have been doing on Tableau Public. We would like you to help us design. And that could be like really short project of two, three days, mm-hmm. just just pure, pure design. And, yeah. and then... After that, maybe I don't hear from them for six months. And after six months, they will <laughs> yeah. be like, hey, we have a new one that we, new one. we would like your input. So right. it's really free. I, I really try my best currently to not work full time for client mm-hmm. to have the time to build the things I'm building. Right. Right. Because um, and I think the, this has always always been my, my kind of plan when I started is like, I have a um, three years plan. So the first year when I started, it was really about um, working as much as possible to have kind of um, emergency funding within my company, right? To mm-hmm. be able 
to then do something. So the first year was really working a lot. The second year was more about learning new things because I like to learn new things. And if I am able to to create the tool that I'm doing, if I want to stay relevant, I want to learn. So yep. I spent a, a, go, a good amount of time learning Webflow to create website, Figma for more the, the design aspect, and Svelte for the mm-hmm. coding aspect. So before I was just the Tableau guy, and now I can really be like, okay, I can have this kind of complete vision of like um, Tableau is for BI, let's say, uh, for company. Webflow is to make my website. Uh, Figma is to do my design. And mm-hmm. Svelte is, and, and D3 Svelte and all that. That web thing is because I also create things on, on the web. So that right. was my second year, spending a lot of time learning those things and not necessarily doing anything with that, just just learning. Just learning and yeah. now that, that, that third year, I'm really focused on sharing. So sharing mm-hmm. what I've learned and sharing, creating tools and, and, a bit, and really use what I learned to, to create things. Right. So that's why so, I, I created those tools and I have other things I want to, to create, also make probably a online courses by the end of the year to also yeah. teach Teach. teach, give back, right? Teach. Right, yes. right. So that's great. So that's a great segue to the next part, which is this, your site generally, and particularly this tool that you've been building out, mm-hmm. which I believe at the moment has six different, I guess, templates, I maybe we call them, mm-hmm. templates, tools yeah. to build different types of visualizations. So network diagrams, Sankey diagrams, bump charts, B-swarm charts, Veronoi tree maps, which I should say, if I recall correctly, right, the Veronoi tree map, one that you have is like multiple different shapes. It's not just like in a square or in a circle. It's like you can sort of- You can choose, yeah. Yeah, Um, and then a chord diagram. So these are amazing. uh, And I know that there's lots of ways that people try to build these in Tableau natively, Mm -hmm. but um, I'll just say so, well, actually I was gonna say how I use it, but why don't I just let you describe how people can use them. And then I wanna learn more about like what's going on under the hood a little bit. So they they started to exist because I was mostly, it's a mixed feeling of being lazy and annoyed <laughs> at the way it was, it had to be done before. Yeah. So before it's like you had to take your own data and like make it some joins and create yeah. a lot of calculation, create table calculation. And basically the, all the, the, the tutorials were like really long and exp- okay, now you need to create this calculated field, yeah. write this one. And it yeah. was just like a, a really long process. And before, before doing that tool, I never did a sunkey. I never did mm-hmm. anything in Tableau because I didn't want it to go through all of that. All those steps, right? And, exactly. And like like I said last year, I spent a good amount of time learning new things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, well, it's really so easy, or much easier to do mm-hmm. a sunkey in D3 with observable or anything right. than than doing it in Tableau, right?" Yeah. And then I think that's what I like when you learn different things. And I made a talk in at uh, a year ago at Elevate. It's on my YouTube channel about mm-hmm. how being constantly a beginner and having that beginner mindset opens connection or like create connection in your brain, I would say, to be like, oh, okay, I, I know how to do this and I know how to do that that is completely different. But maybe there is a path that could connect those two things to create something new. And that's exactly yeah. what, what happens. So 
because I was able to create like a Voronoi trimap or a Sanki or a network diagram with D3 and Svelte, mm-hmm. I was also like, well, maybe there is a way to convert the SVG, mm-hmm. like a, an SVG, into a polygon. And there are mm-hmm. libraries that does just that. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you gave them, you, you, you give the, the library a SVG pass mm-hmm. and it convert it into a polygon. So a set of dots that are connected, right? A, a right. set of coordinates that you can connect. Tableau cannot read SVG. Tableau doesn't know what a SVG is, but Tableau is really good at making polygons. So right. as long as you have like an X and a Y and a pass, you mm-hmm. can create polygons. So I was like, what if I use... So when you use my tool, what you see is pure SVG generated with D3 and Z. Mm-hmm. And when you click on, I want that visualization in Tableau, um, the, the tool will convert the SVGs into polygons, mm-hmm. put that in a, in a data source, and packaged it with a Tableau workbook. And then mm-hmm. when you open the Tableau workbook, you have that template that, it, that, that you never really see. It's just like a, a right. template connected to the data source that you just generated visually. Okay? Right. So how, like, I, I think I started by explaining how it works before saying how to use it. So to no, but, use but it is really... Yeah, mm-hmm. but, that, but that's really interesting. I, I do want to get to how people can use yes. it, but before you... So, so I feed my data in, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. It generates the polygons, yes. and then how does it get to that part to Tableau so that when I, because when I download from your site, I download a Tableau workbook. So have yeah. you built sort of like a Tableau template that it feeds in automatically because the data is always going to be in that same structure? Exactly. Yeah. So for each of the um, visualization, there is a Tableau template, a file mm-hmm. that is connected to some dummy data. Yeah. But that dummy data has the exact same structure because right. I am in control of the structure, right? Gotcha. Of the, of the right. Data source. And then when you click on download, it does a few things because also Tableau is a Tableau file is just an XML file. Yeah. Okay. So you can parse the XML and change a few things. So for example, my Tableau template have a fixed size of 1,400 by 1,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when you use the tool, you can configure the width and the height of the, yeah. the export. And right. then I'm just going through the XML and replacing that 1,400 by your width and 1,000 by what your height. So it just changed a, a, a little bit of things in the, in the XML file. Mm-hmm. And then the, the template is always connected to a data source that is called network.csv or mm-hmm. cord.csv or sanky.csv. And I'm just replacing that dummy file by the, the one you just by the one right. generated by the tool, and I package it and I put it in gotcha. your download folder. So I upload an, a CSV. Essentially, it converts it to an SVG, then to XML, into Tableau, and at the same time, that XML and the uh, and the CSV is what I end up pulling down as the as the user. The kind only of. difference is kind of, yes, the, the, yeah. the main thing is like your initial CSV that you mm-hmm. input will not... Right, that doesn't come back. Important. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm just reading that the tool is... And, and actually, that's, I think, something uh, really important to say is like the tool is not keeping any of the file. It's just like a, it's just read it and right. use 
So if you refresh the page, it's lost, right? The, the file is not stored anywhere. And so it's just reading through the file, generating some coordinates or just some polygons. And then what, when you download, you actually download those polygons information that, mm -hmm. that you can then use to, to, to make your visualization. Right, right. Okay. And so, so, yeah. Go ahead. If I, so the, the main difference be, between what was before, and that's why I, I felt the need of creating this, is it's not a template in the sense of you are not following a tutorial. It's really you input your file, you drag and drop a few things, and you click and you, you have it. So it's, yeah. it's, in that sense, it's easier. It's also, I, I know there is some extension in, um, in Tableau that you can download that allow you to create those things. Yeah. Or diagram network, Sanki. But the result will be D3 visualization, so SVGs. It will not be native Tableau. And what I create is pure native Tableau using uh, marks layers, maps layers. Yeah. But the, the biggest disadvantage of my tool, as it is right now, and it's something I have, I know, and I'm aware, and I need to find a solution for that. Is it's no longer connected to your data. So if mm -hmm. you create like a network and you have suddenly a new nodes appearing, or if you make a sunky and your values change, you right. need to regenerate Redo the it. new coordinates. Re go through the tool again. Right. So I would say currently is really good for people who want to do Tableau public visualization mm -hmm. because it really it's like a one shot. You have your data, you publish it, and and it's done. So right. there is no refresh. Or I also know some journalists have been using it to create some network or some piece because also once once it's it's printed or when it's done, it's done, right? It's done, right. Currently, it's not usable in a business scenario where your data will change because you right. will have to go through the tool every day to every regenerate day. Right. a new thing. So that right. is not currently. Um, but I, I guess eventually I will find a way. Figure that or, out. <laughs> Also, I think it's, it's one part that I, I won't mind working with someone who, who has an idea how to do that, right? Yeah. To be like, hey, I, I would like to help you. On, I, I, I'm not looking for any employee. I think mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not at that stage, <laughs> anywhere at that stage right now. Yeah. But to have a work with another freelance or someone who has an idea, I'm completely okay to, to take that part. Uh, right. To, to tackle that part, yeah, because yeah. it's 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 really diff. It's it's uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I, but uh, but to this point, because we were talking about this before we we started chatting for the show, it is worth noting that if I wanted to create several B swarm charts, and I wanted to have them linked in terms of the um, action, you know. I have two B-swarms and I click on a dot and the dot highlights on the other B-swarm chart. That mm -hmm. I could do in your using your tool. Yes. So right. you can you can do this. Um, for example, also on my Tableau Public, I have examples. I have actually one that I think does exactly something like that about mm -hmm. Latin Latin music artists. When you click on an on an artist, it will highlight in all parts of the dashboard. So not only on the network, but also on the line chart, on the bar chart and everywhere. So right. you can link multiple highlights action, even if the data are on different data source and right. are using um, parameter action. So right. when you click on, a, on anything, you will put the value of what you click. So in my case, the name of the artist, I put that in a parameter. Mm -hmm. And in all the other worksheets, 
I have a small um, calculation, say, if the name of the artist is equal to that parameter value, well, then it's true, right? And then you right. can follow when it's true right. and then follow when it's false. Right. And then for the user, it's really, oh, it's, it's, when you click something, it highlights everywhere. So if you right. have this one, you will have three different data source, one for each B swarm that you generate. But then when you click on one, you can use the same thing that you put the value in a parameter and then right. you hide everywhere. So it's not, it's not connected to the raw data, but it is connected kind of enough that you can build a, I mean, I don't even know what the, what the right framing in here is, but you couldn't build a, a comprehensive dashboard, even though you you know you couldn't use real time data or update, updating data, but I, I yes. think it's important for people to know that you can still use the tool and link it to other visualizations in your dashboard simply by kind of importing one one workbook into another workbook and then using parameters to sort of link that together. So I think I just I think that's important to know. But I want to get back because we kind of we sped ahead, but I want to get back to asking you to describe how people use it because there's a lot of options that you can play around with like on your site in the browser itself before you mm -hmm. render the Tableau workbook. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's, it's like, a, I think I'm, I'm at this stage that building the tool is really, I don't know how to say fun yeah. in the <laughs> sense that also Svelte is really fun to use. Like I really yeah. re rediscover my, that I liked to, to code with, with Vel. And so if someone has a bug or someone has a request, uh, someone would like to add something new, it's mm -hmm. really easy to add that, right? And I remember for the B swarm, before you could only have like an X value mm -hmm. and now you can have X and Y, like those kind of requests, I, I can easily change and break things, but right. and also come with, with solution. So it's, it's, um, all the tools are a bit like that. So you upload your your file, can be CSV, can be Excel file. Uh, Sometimes it needs to be a JSON in the case of the network. And then you have a certain amount of, depending on the chart, you have a certain amount of um, parameter that you can change. So for example, in a network, you can change the different force that you will apply. Mm -hmm. In the BS1, you can change the size of the bubble. In the Sankey, you can change the padding. I just released the core diagram and you can also change the spacing the size of the arcs, you can change a good amount of things. Yeah. And then when you export the result in Tableau, and I think that's what makes the difference and that's what people, I see a lot of people using it and creating things on Tableau Public is because I started because I wanted to create those things, right? I started right. because I wanted to make me being able to do network or Sunkey more easily. Yeah. So I also notice that if I just gave the coordinates of the polygons, I could have the visual, but it was kind of ending there, right? I was yeah. like, okay, how, how do I customize? How do I personalize it? So I was really trying to put as much information in the export for you to be able to go beyond that. So mm -hmm. for example, if you, if you create a network diagram, the export could be just the position of the, the circles and the lines mm -hmm. and maybe the size of your circle, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But if in your JSON you have other attributes, like for example, I, um, I made one, like this is the first one that I have in mind about Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. 
Then in my JSON file, I also added the, the phase. So Marvel movies are released in phases. So phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. And I, if, if the information of the phase is in the data, then when you export the result in my tool, you will also find back that phase information right. for you to use it in colors. So yeah. if you create a, a B-Swan, for example, yes, I'm going I'm, I am going to give you the coordinates of the points, but I'm also going to give you as many data that I can to help you maybe relink that to mm -hmm. another CSV where you have more information. So you can then make a join for, between right. the file that, I, um, that I'm giving you and your own data to add yeah. more information because you, maybe you need much more information. So I'm, I'm not just exporting the the position I'm exporting, whatever as I much can, as you can, right? Whatever I'm, I'm, the the tool can have in the in the extract, yeah. and, and and I'm giving you that. So yeah, just yeah. In the core diagram, for example, it I think it's always difficult to put colors in a core, in a core yeah. diagram. I never really know if it's like how do you. There is so many ways to make a color uh, core diagram. So I'm, I'm giving you what is the, the name of the source, what is the name of the target, and the value of the source, the value of the target. So you can also then make your own calculation saying, well, if the value of source is higher than the value of the target, then I will use the color of source, right? To see right. So each chord will have the color of the one that is That's superior to. to the other. Or yeah. you can choose to do the opposite. So. It's right. really about giving the flexibility to the users to create those things. And not right. Just, yeah. And then, like you said, you could try to join your original data or another data set back onto exactly. that. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I also want to note, like, for, for listeners, because I was using it to make a B-Swarm chart, and I wanted to do something kind of specific. And then I just, like, DM'd you, and you're like, oh, yeah, hold on. And, like, two minutes later, you're like, okay, that's fixed. And like, there was this like new capability. So like, it is a really interesting project that I think is giving a lot to the community. I, I was going to say Tableau community, but I think it's beyond that. Um, mm -hmm. Because uh, you don't really have to be, you don't really have to be a, a sophisticated Tableau user because you can just download it up and, and double click. Mm -hmm. But really, you can do a lot in the tool itself, like yeah. in the browser. Yes. Yeah, that's why someone asked me to add the SVG export. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I, I'm not uh, like I'm not flourish or I'm not those yeah, people right. really hello you to like I'm just by myself. But yeah. if you want, you can create a core diagram and export the result in SVG of right. what you see, and then use Illustrator to finish your work or anything. You right. can also just export the CSV, mm -hmm. just the data generated mm -hmm. and then probably i am not a probably expert but you could also use that csv as a source in power bi to and i don't know if power bi allows you to create polygons but mm -hmm. why not like or any right. any like in the end you will just have like coordinates right you will right. have like a coordinates of polygons so if you want to input that in any other tool that you want please do yeah it should work I just my expertise was always tableau and i tableau, always right. I started with Tableau, so for me it was it 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 started as how can I make those visually more easy to build in Tableau? But mm -hmm. then yeah, I was like, well, if if I can generate coordinates, then 
probably you can just put them right. anywhere you want. Should work anywhere. Um, what uh, do you have plans for more? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think. I think I try to release two type of charts every month. Mm. So now we are beginning of March. I just released today the core diagram, and mm -hmm. I think the next one will be a stream graph. Stream mm -hmm. graph, yes. Yeah, I yeah. already started, and I think also it's like a nice visualization that is not by default. Yeah. It's not in yeah. Tableau, so yeah, why not? And That's... sometimes it's just people reach out to me and be like, hey, I would like this and that, and yeah. I, I evaluate. So for example, one was about gouge chart. Is it uh, yeah, a uh, gauge chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gauge chart, yes. And I see why, because it's mm -hmm. difficult to make them in Tableau. Yeah. There are like a lot of tutorials about how to make them in Tableau. But also, is I feel that this is something that needs to be connected to your data, mm. right? It is really, you want your gauge to update. Yeah, to show to you. update. And if, if you have to go through a tool to generate it every time, it's like, Maybe one day, if I manage to do the yeah that last that refresh. last step right yes. right. But currently, so yeah, I'm just and so currently is I'm I'm focusing on making uh, visual tools for Tableau, mm -hmm. but I also have a um, big idea that I would like to experiment this this month or next month uh, that that has nothing to do with with visual, but mm -hmm. also since I already have something that can manipulate the XML of a Tableau file and then giving you back. I'm trying to think about a new like ways to automate things that are really annoying to do in Tableau mm. through a tool that will make it easier for you. So right. basically what I'm doing, I'm building those tools because I want them for myself. And for I yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> when I work with clients, uh, I am always, I want to save time. In like that, yeah. that's the most important thing is like I want to do, be able to create things faster. So everything that that is really fastidious, long, and and that doesn't bring anything is just a lot of clicks. Mm -hmm. I am trying to think of ways that I can make that annoying part faster. Yeah, absolutely. So mm -hmm. you've got a lot of great stuff building it out. So before we wrap up, how can people? find you and how can they keep up to date on what you are releasing so that they know like when that stream graph comes out that they're like itching to be able to make like i'm sure there's someone listening this is like i want to make that stream graph so how can they like make sure that they find out about that so it's quite easy i have spent a good amount of time making it uh, seamless is la database so la database i am la database Anywhere, right? On, mm -hmm. on YouTube, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, everywhere you can find me is LaDataVis. So depending on your favorite social media or whatever is LaDataVis. If you want to keep up to date, like on a daily basis, is mostly Twitter. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just sharing as often as I can on Twitter the, the new things. And if that's not your thing, and I completely understand, uh, it's um, I have a newsletter that I send at the end of each month, mm -hmm. that, that um, just is a, is a big recap of all the things that I've done during the months. Great. So I'm, I'm not selling anything in those newsletters or anything. is basically like, okay, all the new features 
of in, in the tools of um, March, are, mm -hmm. and I just kind of list them, and I. Uh, so that is the um, those are the two things, and the third pillar of of my communication is YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, will be more and more YouTube. So I started currently to do just the tutorials of how to, how to use my tool in in YouTube, but I also plan to do much more than just tutorials, like yeah. really discussing about data visualization, good practices, maybe also um, like some introduction to Svelte and D3. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because my community is most, the people who are following me are mostly Tableau people. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of them are afraid of coding or like be having this image of like, no, D3 is like that super complicated thing and on the web. Right. But I really think that that the, the new approach with uh, Svelte and D3 simplify mm -hmm. a lot. You, you don't mm -hmm. have to do the chain D3, you know, uh, enter, happen, join, those mm -hmm. things you can. I think that the experience of um, making visuals on the web in 2023 right now is much better than it was yeah. five years ago or easier, right. more enjoyable. So I also want to share those kind of things to, That's great. to show people that it's not that. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, providing that those skills and the learning to the tools for folks is is fantastic. So I'll be the first to say thank you if no one else has, but I'm sure many have already reached out. So thank you. Um, yes. Thanks for making this, um, Tristan. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for for making these open tools, and um, I'll look forward to the next the next set. So thanks a lot for coming on. Yes, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I know you have been using Tableau more and more, so maybe yep. Yep. maybe you uh, will see you some Tableau public visualization using my tool. Yeah, for sure, for your sure. Community, your listeners are, who are not necessarily Tableau users can now see and, and try those tools and maybe discover that actually you can do for free also because you have Tableau public. Right. So for free, you can create Sanki, Voronoi, Bistro, yep. Network, and, and more. So. Yeah, terrific. All right, thanks so much. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you will check out Tristan's tool. I do have a big favor to ask. If you are listening to the show on iTunes or on Spotify, please consider leaving a review and a rating of the show on the podcast provider. The more people that get to know about the show, the more likely it is I can get bigger and better guests to join me on the show so that you can learn more about data visualization, about presentation skills, and all those other things that you know that you can learn about here on the Policy Viz podcast. If you're on YouTube and watching these episodes, please give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, or just leave a comment. I'd love to hear what you think about the show. So. Thanks again for listening to the episode of the show. Until next time, this has been the Policy Viz Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. A number of people help bring you the Policy Viz Podcast. Music is provided by the NRIs. Audio editing is provided by Ken Skaggs. Design and promotion is created with assistance from Sharon Satsky Ramirez. And each episode is transcribed by Jenny Transcription Services. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Policy Viz podcast is ad-free and supported by listeners. If you'd like to help support the show financially, please visit our PayPal page or our Patreon page at patreon.com slash policyviz.